Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand-new episode of Collider Ladies' Night. Today, we are highlighting In the Heights, more specifically, star Leslie Grace. Hello, how are you doing? And congratulations, because how is this your first feature? <laughs> you are so kind. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. I am incredibly excited that this is my first feature. I couldn't be more, more blessed to be a part of this, of this film. I mean it sincerely. You are incredible. So the first thing we do here on Collider Ladies Night, because I am greedy and there's never enough time for these interviews, is we have this dice tower back here. So I come up with eight questions, but I only roll the die three times. So I'm only letting myself ask you those three questions, at least to start. Here we go. I love this. It's a four. We're calling this one Comfort Watch. What is the movie that you can watch over and over? Something that'll brighten your day no matter what. Ooh. Ooh. Lately, it's been Soul. I've watched Soul so many times since it's come out and I know it's new but it's it's like my new favorite that is an excellent choice 100% understand that all right roll number two. Oh, it's on the floor but I see it it's a seven yes it's my favorite number one we've got oh this is a fun one four-legged friends do you have any pets oh uh, I do have pets I wish I had a four-legged furry friend um but I don't not yet that's my dream I, I I I'm a big dog lady but I have two four-legged two four-legged friends um they're turtles and their names are Tick and Talk and I'm looking at them right now in their tank <laughs> tell tell Tick and Talk Hamilton the turtle which is actually Hamilton up right now we, we got him during lockdown because movies to bring this whole household together was the Disney Plus release of Hamilton, which has made wow. excited for In the Heights. Oh my God. Yes. See this? We're, we're in sync right here. We're in sync. We should get our turtles together and have a turtle play date. 
Hamilton would be so mad at me if I dug him out of that, that uh, <laughs> right now. You might get a cat appearance at one point in this video. I love it. I love this room. We got one more roll here. I absolutely love it. It is a one. Okay. Oh, last, we're calling this one last step. Okay. What's the very last thing you like to do before you hit the set to film a scene? Ooh, I pray. Actually, I pray, uh, I just do a really quick prayer, like, Lord, use me uh, in whatever way you can uh, to exude what I, what is necessary for the scene. I do the same thing when I, when I sing. Um, and I just try to like absorb whatever is necessary for the moment to do what I'm there to do. I was yeah. going to go to the beginning of your acting experience now, but just to follow up on that, is there anything about your techniques when it comes to singing that has carried over and maybe surprised you that it carried over to uh, acting in film? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I was telling someone the other day that like, you know, once you get it, I went into doing this movie, like really, like obviously feeling like imposter syndrome, like I've never done this before. I hope that I don't make a stupid mistake uh, while everyone is watching. But everyone was so generous and, and you know, told me so many stories of first times and it just really made me feel welcome. Um, and, I, and it allowed me to learn how many similarities there are between singing and acting. And one of them is um, being able to feel the pace of a moment, like knowing what the moment requires, if it requires a soft touch or if it requires, you know, more, more of a pressing in to, uh, to a moment. And so that that's definitely like that uh, feeling of um, what's happening in a scene or the feeling of what's happening in the other characters world and being a generous actor is the same as like being in your in a duet being a generous you know, uh, feature artists or being, you know, uh, a generous performer um, and knowing how to interpret a moment, knowing how to interpret a feeling. It's the same, you know, it's the same space. It's, you know, knowing what's necessary for the performance of a certain emotion. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've definitely used that in some sense to my advantage. And I got to, you know, use a lot of my singing experience in this, in this beautiful film, because it's a musical. And that is a big reason this film is lucky to have you amongst many, many others. Going back to the very beginning of your acting career, I guess, do you remember when the itch to act first kind of crept in? Did it come from you know, watching a favorite movie, a personal experience, you name it? Um, I, I really loved um, the idea of acting when I was a kid, like, like I was a Disney kid, like I loved watching Disney movies and Disney shows and Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens and all those shows, right? Sister, sister, all those shows. And I always like, I, I have a, a, a sister that would say, um, you're a Disney child, like you're my Disney child or, you know, cause I would just be glued and like wanting to see, I wanted to see myself you know, someone that looked like me on, on screen. Um, and I knew from a very young age that I enjoyed performing. It developed first through music and through dance. And then I really enjoyed like, just again, like capturing a feeling and being able to exude it and make people feel something from, from that. Um, so I remember going to uh, this little like acting class, this improv class actually at this place called Tannen's Talent in New York. And I think it was in Yonkers that my, my mom, 
put me in with my older sister, Anexi, and my sister killed it. She was amazing at improv. She was older. She's 12 years older than me. And I was like maybe seven or eight at the time. And I sucked at improv. I was like, I would freeze up. I was like, you know, any test environment, I would just like forget everything that was going on and like not know what to say. And I'm, I'm still kind of like that. Um, but I that made me a little bit intimidated about, you know, like acting on its own until I got to high school. And then I started doing American musical theater in high school. And that's when I was really like, oh, like you can, you can, um, you know, like perform and sing and act and dance, you know, all in one space. And that's when I really like opened myself up to the possibility of of me pursuing acting. You brought up your sister and I was watching another interview where you mentioned your cousin and having done your first read with your cousin. So is it is it yeah. safe to say that your your family is kind of very involved in your craft and what you do and maybe yeah. helps in a number of respects? Absolutely. They're so so supportive. That sister that I'm speaking of, Anexi, she's, you know, she was also super duper talented and, you know, sang and did a bunch of stuff just so incredibly well. Um, and she put a lot of, she was a person that I, I would bounce back and forth on sharing that passion with and her, you know, same vice versa. And so I was very blessed to grow up in a family that, you know, wasn't in the business per se, but um, was very cognizant of like the importance of letting a kid's, you know, dreams flourish and letting a kid discover like what they like and what their passions are and what their purpose is in the world so that they can be the best at it, their best at it. Um, and not become mediocre at something that they don't, you know, really love and aren't passionate about. So uh, definitely my family across the board has always been super supportive. My cousin that I was talking about, he wasn't really an actor, but he would do his best to like, you know, when I didn't have readers, he'd be like, all right, what, what we, he's, he's from Philly, he's from Pennsylvania. He'd be like, what are we going to read today? What you need me to read today? And he'd do his best. <laughs> so he helped you read for other auditions, not yeah. just in the Heights. So yeah. I, I guess... What was it like? Because uh, like I'm, I'm assuming that first feature here, you auditioned for other things and maybe it didn't quite pan out. So yeah. what is the key then to putting yourself out there, it not panning out, but yeah. you staying focused and ultimately getting this one? Yeah, I knew that it would take time, you know, like I also grew up in a family that worked for everything, you know, and worked really hard. So I knew the value of persisting at something. And like, if you really, really want something, you're not going to quit. You're going to see it through because that's what you're meant to do. And so I never let like, you know, I've always had like the perspective of like, if you don't get something, it's not for you. And you're learning something from the experience of preparing for this thing that you didn't didn't get or that didn't pan out. And that was my experience. Like I, a lot of people don't know, I, I, even though this is my first thing on screen, I had been auditioning for years. And I know that there are a lot of people that, you know, audition for all their life and don't get the blessing of doing a, a project like this. So I'm forever grateful. Um, but there is always a process behind where you get your experience from. And um, for me, it was all of those auditions. And it was even the first audition that I, I, I um, had in front of John two years prior to stepping into the room again and reading for him way more mature and having you know, uh, read for a lot of other things and, and auditioned and like successfully like gotten callbacks and stuff where I felt like, okay, I'm on to something by that point. So that process definitely wasn't, 
you know, it, it wasn't always smooth sailing and it wasn't always like validated, but I just, you know, had to teach myself and, you know, have people to bounce off of to see my old self tapes and say, okay, I can fix this here. I can, can do this better. I can do this better. You know, what can I adjust until the right, the right opportunity came along, the right one came along. With that in mind, what is the the best piece of advice you got throughout all those auditions that maybe made all the difference? Mm. Well, my dad has this quote that he says, I mean, it's not really a quote, it's just like a fact. He says, there's always room to improve everything that you do. And, um, you know, it's very reflective of like our, you know, our family dynamic and it's also seen in our film where you know in latinx communities and and just in a lot of families like there's no room to be uh complacent there's just like push forward okay you got that okay next okay you got that okay next okay you got that okay next there's always more there's always more and i you know in some in some senses uh some cases you've, you a lot of people feel like nina and i have felt like nina where you feel the burden of like okay, keep going, keep going. Um, but when you look at it, you see the beauty of your, your family and the people that love you and believe in you saying you have more, it's limitless, you're limitless, you know? And my mom cleared that up for me the other day. She goes, I always say that you guys, I, I always say that you guys are capable of more not to make you feel like, you know, you're not doing any good, you're doing amazing, but I know you have even more to give. And so um, that view always, made me like push for more, you know, made me propelled me to like, be there the extra day be even while I was shooting, you know, be there on days that I wasn't needed, because I knew that I didn't know enough. So I was just like, I want to, I want to learn, I want to soak it all up. And yeah, there's a beauty, there's a beauty to that. I love talking about learning behind the scenes details, and we're going to get to that. But first, your family sounds incredible. And now I'm obsessed with them. One more question about the audition process, because I know sometimes when you audition for something, you might not necessarily know for sure which part they're looking at you right. for. And even if you audition for one part with certainty, you might wind up with another. So I was just curious, was there any uncertainty in that department on this film or did you always know it would be Nina? Um, so I definitely felt most like identified with Nina and was going for Nina and I had read originally for Nina. And then um, I remember that second time, a year and a half later, that second time around, once I read in front of John again and Lynn Kiara, um, they had asked that I learn the part of Vanessa and the same, same for Mel. Um, she was there for Nina or Vanessa. And um, we read that last audition in front of Lynn, we read and chemistry read both parts um on that day we switched around a bunch of times uh for a, a little bit for a couple hours um and so i was just like i was ready i just wanted to be a part of this thing um but it, it turned out that all of us really ended up playing the people that we really knew and that we really truly like didn't really have to act you know like i i really identify myself with 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 nina and her the struggles of her being a first generation you know uh, Latin Americana that's like trying to push forward, but also feels like fragmented in her identity a little bit. And I know that Mel feels really, really reflected in the role of Vanessa feeling like, you know, I got to make it out to get to my dream and, you know, falling back in love with her hometown and, you know, finding the beauty of, of like everything that she is because of where she came from. And so, um, yeah, the, the, you never know what you're gonna get, but I always, I always, um, I always think like 
you know, the stuff that that's for you is gonna is gonna pan out the right way for you. And so you don't have to worry about it. I, I try not to, you know, think about it too much. I love that mentality. Tapping into some of your music here, because to be honest, that's not my sphere. I know movies and TV, so I was learning a lot about your work. And I noticed you had worked with Becky G. Yes. And you happen to be talking to a very big Power Rangers fan. So it yes. made me want to ask, did she give you any advice <laughs> when jumping into your own film? Her, oh, her power coin, yes. I don't know what screen side I'm pointing to right now, but behind yes. me is the power coin from- I see you. She was in. Yes. I see you. I see a couple things up there. I'm like, okay, we see you. There's some fun stuff back there. Amazing. Um, But yeah, Becky's a good friend. She's more than anything. She was just so happy for me. Like, you know, she, she had her own experience with, with her film with Power Rangers. And I was so proud of her because again, another, just like Anthony Ramos, you know, like another just multi-hyphenate artist, which is, you know, all of those things are so hard to balance and also so, so hard um, sometimes to prove to people that you're able to do multiple things and be successful at multiple things at a time. And so um, to get her support and to get, you know, anytime uh, really early on, you know, anytime I would post about the film or anything like that, she'd just be like, I'm so proud of you, girl. Like, I can't wait to see this. I'm like so excited for you. So there's a mutual like respect and and love there. And uh, yeah, she, she totally gets it. I love hearing that. And even though I know it's not going to happen, I'm going to keep blabbing about how much I yeah. want another Power Range movie with her in it. And that ensemble, that's another story though. In so the Heights, tough. I really want to know about your experience working with John as an actor's director, because the note giving process can, can be a challenge just in terms of, you know, how you receive constructive criticism, but also just understanding how to apply it and change what you're doing when you've been doing something a very specific way. So what was it like working with him on that type of stuff? Oh, incredible. I mean, there wasn't even a notion or a feeling of like, oh, I didn't like that note or like any of those type of things. Like, even you mentioning it now, it's just like, I can't even think of like anything like that because John was just such a generous director and he was very much like all those roles, like director and choreographer and actor and like, you know, all these positions um, really almost faded because we all just felt like we were this community that was like telling the story and we were making this thing together. And so even Lynn, like, you know, he gave us all the liberty to figure it out, you know, to figure out the story, the way that, that, that he painted it, him and Kiara painted it so perfectly um, in the way that they wrote it. And then we, you know, John Lynn and Kiara, re, you know, rewrote and crafted it for a film adaptation, but we were also in the room with them a lot of times in those director writing meetings and actor meetings where they would talk through the scenes with us to make sure like, does this feel right? Like, you know, and, and, and it was collaborative in that sense. Like there was in every, in every space, there was a conversation, um, you know, about, okay, does this feel like this has a pulse, like a, it's a living thing? Or does this feel like 
you wouldn't say this, Nina wouldn't say this. Um, so we discovered it together, you know, and I think that's what's so beautiful. And I've come to understand from the rest of my castmates that it doesn't always happen that way. And I know it doesn't always happen that way because in music, it doesn't always happen that way. And it's much a much smaller um, circumstance when you're shooting with a music director or a music video director or something like that. But even then you would think it, and it doesn't, it's not always as collaborative. So um, I'm very grateful to John that he, you know, more than anything is like a coach and like is also an enabler of like you finding your power as as an actor or an actress with how you just explained the process in mind is there an example of you know anything from a whole scene to a little line of dialogue that needed that kind of collaboration or massaging that we can now see or a really uh I don't know, see something in the final film that highlights you all coming together and changing something for the better. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'd say for me, uh, there were multiple moments where John would step in and say something absolutely pivotal and essential to what happened in the scene. Um, I'll tell you two though, that involved like one that was just me and, and one that was everybody else. Um, in the dinner scene, which was a very hard, scene for for all of us but for me um you know where nina's going back and forth with her dad um she, she you know she has to express what she's gone through at stanford and that she was searched and you know it's a very vulnerable moment for her because she's basically been hiding the reason why she doesn't want to go back and this is her moment to like share like hey this is what's really freaking going on when i go to stanford this is how i get treated this is what people that look like us get treated like um even though you guys think i'm just a genius and fit right in and um i you know it takes time sometimes to get to the vulnerable place where you know where you're not pushing the emotion, but you're all also, you know, allowing everybody else to feel it and 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 giving it the um, the uh, importance that that something like that feels like. Um, and so, John, I remember John coming in to the very small space that we were all burning up in in that apartment. He came in to the dinner table and he was like you know, he whispered something in my ear. I won't say particularly what, what it was, but he just gave me an as if, like, you know, say this as if it was this. And it changed my entire approach to the scene and to the point where I could barely verbalize the lines, but it was exactly what Nina needed to feel and needed to express in, in that dinner scene. And, uh, in turn, like the rest of the, my castmates that I was looking at, Stephanie, uh, Daphne, Melissa, they were all like, especially Stephanie, were so generous in, in, in their acting. I'm sure he like gave them a little note, like just give her everything. Um, and th that's very reflective of how we held each other up. Another, another, the second one is on the last day of us shooting, it was the last, the last bit of breathe and they all planned it out, like for me to, and at the, on the fire escape, um, singing just me and the GW, just me and the GWB asking Jeannie, you know, what do you be? Another moment where Anita is like, just barely can say what, what she's singing. Um, it was everybody below, you know, all of our cast and crew, including 
Anthony, Melissa, and Corey, who were supposed to be, they were done shooting already. They were supposed to be gone. I thought that they already left and they surprised me and showed up on set. And we had this beautiful moment of like, wow, we completed this movie. Um, but as I was saying that, I was looking at, out at them, all the people that we made this movie with. And that was all John and Joe Reedy, our um, AD, uh, who like planned out perfectly the, the sequence of how these, uh, these scenes would be completed. And so John, uh, for sure, he's just a sensitive human being that like took every single thing into account and made it possible for those, ev you know, everything to play into what those scenes were on screen. Man, you're making my, my heart feel like it's gonna burst right yeah. now. I, I love hearing about, you know, good vibes and supportive companies on set. I'm gonna give you a near impossible question to answer right now. Okay. If you had to name an unsung hero of the crew of In the Heights, who would it be? You know, because we we know the cast, we know we know John, but is there someone in a position where you didn't even understand what that position was and what they could do to the vibe on set that made all yeah. the difference for you? Uh, I would say Joe Reedy for sure. He's our he's our I mean he's our AD, which is a very important job. But more than anything, uh, he set the tone. You know, he made sure that I don't think ADs get a lot of love, you know, like because they're making sure that the show goes on when a lot of stuff is happening. But he, oh man, he made me burst out in tears. There's a video of me somewhere like on that same night, like just hugging him and just saying thank you a billion times because we had like an internal joke that every time he wanted people to leave set, he was such a teddy bear. He had like a very assertive voice, but instead of saying, hey, you're done or like, you know, like it's time to move on, he would say, thank you. And I, I remember there was a, the first time he said it to me, I didn't leave set. I, I was like, thank you. Like, I was just like chilling on set still. It was time for me to take a break. It was like me and I think Olga, Abuela Claudia in that, in that kitchen place where she's with the napkins and says her famous line of asserting our dignity. And we were doing that again and again, it was really hot and she had stuff on her face so she, we couldn't stay there for long and he just kept saying thank you to us like they, they were moving stuff around and we were just kept standing there and he was just like thank you girls Th thank you and I was like thank you Joe like I'm just like living it up on set <laughs> and he's like no you, you you can go now I said oh so you're kicking me out oh okay got it <laughs> So forever after that, we would just say thank you to each other. And on the last day, I gave him my last, you know, thank you. And I just was sobbing on him. Just such a great guy. If you talk to anybody else from the cast, they will ask him about Joe Reedy and they'll give you, they'll give you all the, all the Joe Reedy slogans. Amazing man. I can't believe I'm already getting the five minutes and I haven't even brought up the fire escape scene. I'm sorry. It is. Absolutely incredible. All right, so we usually wind down ladies night with uh, three different things, but first very quickly, what, what is something about what it took to pull off that sequence that made you go, oh my God, even when I read it in the script, I didn't realize that I have to do that to make this happen. Listen, girl, oh my gosh. It was, we didn't know for like half of shooting how that was gonna come together. We just kept seeing this like, vision that John kept showing us like, yeah, and then you guys are going to dance on the side of the building. Yeah. And then you guys are going to dance on the side of the building. And we just kept being like, okay, but like, and he's like, no, there's going to be a wall. Like, don't worry. They're building it. They're going to build it. 
you know, it's going to cost a lot of money, but we're going to make it happen. And you guys are going to dance on the side of the building off the fire escape. I was like, how though? Like how? No harnesses, all choreo done by us. They, um, you know, we, we learned the, all the choreo in the last week, like the week leading up to shooting it because the wall was only finished right in time for us to learn just in one week what we needed in, you know, what we needed to shoot on the day. And so um, we had to, you know, rehearse, we had rehearsed some things, but, you know, until you get onto the, onto the side of the building, onto the fire escape, you really don't know what you're working with and what's going to be needed. Everything on that, on that side of the building was crafted for us to like create those Fred Astaire and Ginger like moments, you know, uh, when I'm sliding on, on the side when, when, uh, Corey, uh, jump jumps up and you know pops off of the the fire escape and all those things when we slide down as we do our kiss you know there was there was something there which you don't see but i'm giving away a little bit of the movie magic but um there were so many things that were happening technically in order to make that moment happen uh and, and also i can't even imagine cinematically like you know what all the crew was doing to make sure there was a huge crane it's like you know, 360 green screen action. Um, shout out to all the effects team. So when I got to see it, I was just blown away because I thought that I would still be feeling like, oh, all of the technical things we did to accomplish this illusion. But when I saw it, I like forgot everything. Like I was fully transported and yeah, you know, I keep saying it, but like, it was the truth. Like, I, I just didn't, I was like, how is this possible? You're seeing the plane flying and you're seeing the people crossing the street. And it's, it was just incredible. I've All never Johnson. seen anything like it. Everything that went into that was just so well worth it. Okay. So we're going to wind down here with a little game. We're going to do some cast superlatives. Yeah. And tell me who best suits this description. Okay. I like this. Most likely to break out into song when not filming. Oh, Probably me. No, Corey. Corey. When he breaks out into song, what does he sing? Yes. Oh, all of them. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. He'd be, he'd be doing the 96,000 or he'll do the check one, two, three, check one, two, three. This is Benny on the dispatch. Yo. <laughs> we all break out into song though. Uh, Anthony does it. I do it. Mel does it. It's hard to do it with, not to do it with this music. I still do it every day. I very much understand that. Yes. Who is the most likely to surprise you while you're filming a scene? Oh, uh, Anthony, for sure. Definitely. They've all done it, but Anthony is the one that will show up on set, like, you know, unannounced and just be like, yo, what's good? What are we doing for lunch? <laughs> you know? <laughs> How about who, who is the most changed cast member? Like, who changed the most from day one of filming to rap? Okay. Ooh. Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. I mean, we all are changed. We all like were transformed by this film. We can't say that none of us were. I I'd say Gregory, maybe. Like he's grown. I I'd say from the film to now, he's grown up, like fully grown up. Like he's like a few feet taller, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think Gregory, but all of us really. I'm gonna give you a real random one to wrap up this game. Who is the most likely to survive a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> Corey. 
yes, my boy, Corey, if, if I, if I find us, well, he's still lost somewhere. I don't know where he's at in walking dead, but, um, he probably has got the skills and the wig for it too. That fabulous wig that he would wear on the show. <laughs> oh man. I could talk to you for forever. This yes, was so, this so was great. delightful. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time today. And to let all of our viewers know, you can catch In the Heights in theaters and on HBO Max on June 11th. It's incredible. Leslie, right. you're incredible in it. Congratulations again. And thanks for joining us for Thank Night. you. Thank you so much, Barry. This was amazing. 